We are very excited about today's show, but before we begin, we have Jesse Ledoux with our product feature of the week. Jesse, tell us what you got for us. Hey, Stephen. I want to talk about what I think is one of the most exciting things we've ever done at Pageant Planet, and that is launching the Pageant Planet Box, which is a monthly subscription that is changing the game for Pageant Girls. It's a monthly subscription package delivers right to your door with all sorts of pageant goodies inside. Awesome. Can you give us a snapshot of, um, you know, what is in a traditional box? I know it changes from every month, but, you know, give us a sample of what's in it. Yeah, that's the fun part, right? You never know what's going to be in your pageant box that month. Um, but I do know that this past month, there were mink eyelashes in the box, which is a huge, huge cost savings because I know my mink lashes were like $45 a pop. So to get them in this box is a huge bargain because it's only 29 bucks a month. Um, cute hats, t-shirts, accessories, cutting edge makeup products that you um, are going to get a sneak peek of before they go on our shop. So it's really exciting and it's always a fun surprise. Awesome. And like with our box, is it just goodies or does it come with any kind of coaching elements, like anything like that? Yeah, each month we also send promos to our box subscribers. I know this past month we had coaching sessions with Heather Habura. She's a great pageant coach. We had a free session with Heather. And you also get the virtual coaching membership through the Pageant Planet. So I'm sure you've heard me talk about it. It's written correspondence unlimited for an entire month or the entire length of your subscription. So it's wardrobe reviews, headshot reviews, paperwork reviews, all that good stuff rolled into one. And uh, like I said, it's only 29 bucks for a month that's crazy uh, and like how much is the i mean traditional coaching that you get through the coat that you get through the box subscription how much would that cost if they did it separate so um, with any pageant coach, because again, it's not always going to be Heather, probably will change here and there. So that value itself, that free coaching session, you're probably looking between $30 to $50 value there. And the virtual coaching membership for Pageant Planet is $19 alone. So you are totally getting a steal, not even including all those awesome products. Okay, so they get free coaching right when they sign up. And, yes. and then when does the boxes ship out each month? The boxes usually ship out around the 15th of the month. So again, you're, like you said, your coaching starts the day you sign up. And then uh, two weeks later, you have a fabulous package on your doorstep. Well, up to two weeks later, I guess, depending upon when you sign up. But so many great benefits. And you can even give it as a gift, too. Um, so if you have a pageant girl's like a, exists, a reigning title holder or a pageant director, it's a really, really fun gift to give. It's great. So unlimited coaching, you get like a box with the fun stuff each month, and it only costs you 29 bucks. That's a pretty inexpensive way to, to train, have fun competing at your pageant. Oh, absolutely. And it's free shipping every month. So the 29 bucks really goes directly to all the good stuff. Okay. And where do they go to place their order? They can place their order at pageantplanet.com backslash box. Awesome. Thanks, Jesse. Welcome to the Pageant Planet Podcast, where we help you succeed in pageantry. Now, here's your host, Stephen Roddy. Welcome, Pageant Planet listeners, to another episode of the Pageant Planet Weekly Podcast. You have Jesse, your queen of coaching, on the line today, and I have an amazing special guest I am so excited to introduce you to. And we get questions all the time about diet, fitness, preparation to look your best on stage. So we have found the expert in the business. So we are welcoming Craig Hughes to today's podcast. So, Craig, welcome to the call. Thank you so much. I'm just so everybody 
probably will know me. I'm probably known better as Buddy by Craig. Buddy by Craig. So Craig, give me a little bit of intel about your experience in the industry and some other notables about your career. Well, I'll tell you, you know, next month will be my fifth year as Body by Craig. I founded in April 2013. And uh, over that time frame, um, I brought and introduced the practice of prep coaching uh, to the pageant industry. Um, and over that time frame, my results have been pretty much unmatched. Uh, here in my home state of Virginia, in five pageant seasons, I have trained from scratch three Miss Virginia USA's, two first runners-up, that's in five seasons, more top fives and tens than I can count. Um, in the Miss America system here, I've trained one Miss Virginia America, and again, more top fives and tens than I can count. And every single one of my uh, state crown winners has made at Miss America and Miss USA the top 15 or better. Wow. And last year I had... Uh, uh, the top uh, three. I had uh, the second runner-up at Miss USA. Oh so gosh. I'm training this year um, only one young lady for Miss USA, and that's Ashley Valrath, uh, Miss Virginia USA 2018. And uh, you heard it here first. She will be uh, the next Miss USA. Oh, I love that. What an awesome resume, Craig. And I think safe to say we are in good hands with the information today. Um, and so that brings me to our topic. And the topic that Craig is going to talk with us about um, which I am so excited to hear more about because I know I'm sure that I'm probably making a lot of these mistakes in my own fitness journey. Um, but today's topic is 10 healthy foods that make you fat. So I'm sure that there are fads you're hearing, buzzwords that you're hearing that are misleading you in the wrong direction. So Craig is going to clear it all up for us, the skinny, no pun intended, on what's the right choice and how we can avoid those that might be a little sneakier. So Craig, with that said, what is the number one quote unquote healthy food that is making us fat? Well, let me uh, back up before I answer that and just say that, that fat loss, and most people misunderstand the, the, the concept of fat loss, really comes down to two major things, and that is your thyroid and your thyroid functioning, which of course is a function also of your adrenals, and that is your stress level in your body, mm. your cortisol. So you have to begin to get your adrenals under control to get your thyroid functioning properly. And then you've got to target the thyroid through other means. That's the first method for, for true uh, fat loss. And the second method is, of course, insulin control. Mm. Um, and you've got to get your insulin under control in your body uh, through intermittent fasting and other techniques that keep your pancreas quiet for long periods of time. So that when you're, you're, every time you put something in your mouth, you're spiking your insulin. So we try to do that as little as possible um, as part of a fat loss regime. And then there are certain uh, natural supplements you can take that will attack the excess insulin floating around in your bloodstream and will reduce it or eliminate it and certainly dampen and control it even after you eat uh, your sanctioned meals. So those would be the ways to start attacking um uh, fat loss uh, in general terms that, that most trainers and others just you know really don't understand. Because what I, I do is I'm really more of a prep coach, like I said earlier. I do not only training, but I do the nutrition, the supplementation, and you know what we call the, the mindset, uh, you know, training and conditioning, uh, really the motivation part of it. And we wrap that all together in a customized way for each client. So 
I would say the real key to it all is making up your mind first <laughs> that you're going to succeed and that you're going to win. And that is something that, again, people you know, overlook or, or discount as an important part of the process. So before you begin to look at these 10 foods and other things in your own diet program, you have to make up your mind that, you know, you're going to absolutely accept, you know, no, no fallbacks. You're not going to fail. is not an option. I mean, you're not going to do it. You're going to succeed. You're going to win at this because it's for your health as much as winning some pattern. So that's really the kind of the way we look at it. Um, so sorry for that uh, digression. No, that was perfect. To and we totally agree. We hear, we hear questions all the time from clients and anyone in the pageant industry. So it's, well, what if I can't visualize myself and I'm visualizing someone else? And we really have to reel it in and make sure that it's, it starts from the top. It starts from a healthy mind. So I love that you made that differentiation. It, it really is. In, 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 all competition is mental. And pageant competition is probably more mental than the football players that I train and coach and, and just about everybody else. So really is a lot more involved in it. And every pageant girl out there knows exactly what I'm talk mm -hmm. talking about, including this, including Elizabeth, who's sitting right next to me now. Um, you know, this it's very, very important uh, to make up your mind that you're going to succeed because winning is a choice. Uh, now, being crowned is a different issue because <laughs> we don't control the judging, but we do control our victories, okay? Our benchmarks, our standards, our performance, our inputs, our outputs. We control those to a large degree. So you must be your own best friend in pageantry. You absolutely, because no one else is going to be your friend for you, and you absolutely have to do the things within your control and your nutrition is going to be a number one on that list. It's going to be as important, if not more important, than your training. So you said we have to be our own best friend, which I totally agree with. So what is, who's our number one worst friend when it comes to these quote-unquote healthy foods? Breakfast. Sorry about it. <laughs> um, everybody hates that answer. And I've got nutritional experts out there now and PhDs who have academic knowledge but don't have the knowledge that I have working day in and day out on a gym floor seven days a week 365 days a year yes I work Christmas Day and New Year's Day I had three clients on Christmas Day this year and two clients on New Year's Day so mm -hmm. I have five years of applied experience doing this and decades more doing it before I got into Body by Craig and breakfast is absolutely your biggest enemy and anyone who tells you otherwise is selling you a marketing scheme Breakfast is laden and loaded with all kinds of high-carb, high-sugar uh, foods. Um, you know, it, the, the sugar is your real enemy when you're losing fat. Cereal is terrible for you. Um, it's got loaded with hidden sugars and totally carbs. <laughs> uh, again, carbs are an enemy, but it's really the sugars and carbs that... that or the enemy. I mean, all of these things spike your insulin in the morning when you need to keep it as calm as possible. Kills your overnight fat burning through intermittent fasting. So you had that wonderful break where you went to bed at 11 or 12, 10 o'clock, whatever, and you quit eating around 9 p.m. And now you get up at 6 in the morning and you're dashing out of the door and you're grabbing whatever you can, a cereal bar, a bowl of cereal, yogurt, with God forbid, a bagel. <laughs> You know, granola, all of these things are carbs and sugar, and they give you a big insulin spike in the morning, which means 
your intermittent fasting is over from the overnight. You're not burning fat anymore, and you are going to crash. So, so what do you so suggest, Craig? Big to... carb sugar crash. Oh. So, what do you suggest, Go Craig, ahead, as far yes. as like what's an alternative? What's a safe breakfast food, or what is the right time to start eating for the day? Well, that's a great question. Um, the best breakfast food really is none at all. However, there is an exception. There are some viewers out there, and many of them obviously will be women because their metabolisms work a little different than men. Some get genuinely hypoglycemic, i.e. their blood sugar crashes. Mm. And if they don't eat breakfast, they will be in trouble to start their days. And everybody knows who you are, okay? If you don't eat breakfast, you don't have something in your stomach, are you going to around 9, 10, 11 o'clock, are you really going to start to become seriously dizzy? And seriously incoherent. <laughs> I mean, you're not going to be able to do your job, you're not going to be able to function, focus, all of that stuff. If that is the case with you, then you have to eat some breakfast. Absolutely, no question about it. But that is, unfortunately, for all of you breakfast lovers out there, it's going to be for the vast minority of people. But if you fall in that minority, what you can eat is protein. Okay? Anything with protein. You know, if you take a trip to Scotland, you know, they give you Finn and Hattie in the morning. It's uh, uh, literally, it's haddock, you know, with a little bit of uh, cream served on top of it. I mean, there you go, right there. There's a, there's a power breakfast mm -hmm. or some salmon without, you know, without the bread or the bagel. And certainly eggs. If you can handle eggs and tolerate eggs, eggs are always your best bet uh, for a great protein, you know, laced breakfast with no, again, no, no toast, no carbs, nothing else added on top of that. So those would be three pretty good choices right there. I love that. And, you know, that is so against, like you said, everything that we're being told from our marketing perspective across the board. So it's really helpful, I think, to hear some alternatives and why uh, those alternatives exist. So that was number one, breakfast. What's number two? Anything low fat. Everybody thinks low fat foods are healthy foods and they're not. It's processed garbage. <laughs> So what, um, what, ha what happens what's in that that makes it? it it's pro more processed than the whole food versions. For for instance, yogurt, cottage cheese, the, the low-fat versions are just laced with extra additives, sugars, other things to make them hold together and taste better. Mm. When you look at the glycemic index and actually look at scientific tables of this, nutritional tables, you will see that anything that is a whole food, like a whole butter, organic butter, whole cottage cheese, they're very low on the glycemic index. When you look at the low-fat versions of those, they're through the roof. They're way up on the glycemic, way off the charts. Stuff that you would never put in your mouth if you knew mm. uh, what was really in them. So the whole food versions are always better and superior for fat burning and for nutrition than anything low-fat. Low-fat is just a marketing scheme to charge you twice as much for half the product a lot more additives and it's really really major process stuff so if i'm in the grocery store and i pick up something that says low fat and i pick up its whole equivalent and i'm looking at the nutritional values on the back what are really should i be targeting in to determine which version is the stronger version or is it always low fat identified foods or no yeah low fat identified foods are always going to be a no because they're just overly processed and they're going to contain other additives. So you might look at the macro charts on the carbs, the sugars, um, you know, the fat, and any protein content that they may contain. 
but really what you need to look at is beyond the, the macro chart, you need to really dig into what are the additives and the preservatives, and then you're going to start to see that there might be some artificial sweeteners, some things in there that you really don't want to put in your body. So number because they spike your effort. So I think we're going to carry on for number three, which I can totally say I am a huge guilty proponent of when in, back in my training days. So tell everyone number three, and I like I said, I think it ties into the point you were just making. Well, number three is a shocker for a lot of my clients, and that's rice cakes. Mm -hmm. Rice cakes will spike your insulin from your pancreas faster than anything you can put in your mouth, except maybe grapefruit juice. That's a pretty close second, or grape juice. Mm. Uh, but rice cakes, believe it or not, or even <laughs> spike your insulin even more than that. What does that mean? I mean, as soon as you eat it, your insulin goes into overdrive, and whatever you have in your body, whatever supplements you're taking, whatever vitamins or prescription medicines, you're now getting a much bigger dose of those medications that you're putting in your body if you eat a rice cake to chase it with because it spikes your insulin, and therefore you're getting double, triple even sometimes the dose of your initial uh, meds in the morning and people get ab absolutely ill to the point of hospitalization and ER visits because uh, they, they either drink grapefruit juice, eat grapefruit, or do a rice cake. Um, it's absolutely crazy. So actually, it's a tool used by major fitness fanatics, bodybuilders, people who are really into building muscle and really make a living on the body fat and the muscle. They use that to actually take supplements uh, eat a rice cake, and then they'll get the uh, twice, the three times, the, the spike, the three, four, five times faster than they would if they didn't eat the rice cake at all. So it's pretty, pretty sketch stuff. So you've been using the words insulin. You used, you referenced the pancreas earlier. Can you give us like right. a? I know this is such a bigger conversation than this podcast, and that's why it's so well, important for those listening <laughs> to find you know, an expert but, but. that you trust, that you connect with, to work with, to answer these questions for you. But give us a really super quick takeaway of why your insulin levels are so key to getting that ideal pageant body. Well, ask a type 1 diabetic. I mean, insulin is a matter of life or death. Mm -hmm. They can't naturally produce insulin. So everything they eat that has even a little bit of sugar in it can threaten their lives. And that's why they have insulin pumps, etc. They have to add artificially what their body can't manufacture. Mm. So insulin is nature's way, you know, of insulating our, our bodies from what we eat and trying to dampen immediately that immediate sugar rush that comes into our bloodstream. So it's there to dampen the glucose and to try to cancel it out. The problem with that is is that it, it goes on for a while. It depends on the food, depends on the, the substance, um, and it interrupts or completely kills a fat-burning process mm. uh, when that's happening. So when your insulin is spiked, you are not burning fat. You are burning sugar. And this is the issue and the challenge for most people, uh, and, and in fact, everyone out there who's listening to this podcast right now, and that is that 95% or more of them are sugar burners. Their body waits for the next influx of sugar, which could be bread. It could be pasta. It could be toast. It could be rice. It could be quinoa. It could be a lot of different things that you don't think have sugar in them, but they're carbs. And because of their carbs, they contain sugars. They're metabolized by your body as sugar, as tablespoons of sugar, as sweeteners. This is what happens. Um, and when that happens, 
grains, you're not burning fat, you're burning sugar. So you remain a sugar burner and your body will not burn fat. Burning fat is not a natural process for our bodies, especially for women. God makes you hold on to that fat. If you want to use a, a religious analogy or nature makes you hold on to that fat in order to bear children, even into your 40s today because of the way people are living and the lifestyle changes and all of that. So you will hold fat around your belly, your thighs, your, your glutes, your the saddlebag area. And that's a means of survival. And your body does not want to burn that fat. It is the last thing your body wants to burn. Your body will burn all the muscle in your body before it will burn fat. So only two things are happening when you step on a scale and you see the numbers going down. In 95% or more of the cases, you're burning mainly muscle and very little fat. So you're getting skinnier and you're fitting into those jeans or that prom dress or that pageant gown or swimsuit, but you're skinny fat because you're burning muscle, not the underlying fat. You're not getting at it. Your body won't let go of it. It just won't do it. It'll burn some of it, but not much of it. And then in 5% of the cases, when you learn how to do this properly, your body is going to burn more fat than muscle when the scale numbers are going down. Now, that's a trick. You have to trick your body into doing that. Mm -hmm. You have to avoid these kinds of foods that we're talking about. Then you have to do other things nutritionally and in terms of supplementation to trick your body into actually burning fat and preserving that muscle, that hard-won, hard-fought muscle. So again, when people are losing weight and the scale numbers are going down, that does not impress me as a prep coach and, and trainer at a world-class level. It doesn't impress me at all. What impresses me is when you're burning fat. So we focus at Body by Craig on burning fat, not losing weight. And that's very, very important. And that's an important distinction. So insulin is tied up with all this because as long as your insulin is spiking, you are definitely not burning fat. You are burning sugar and you will remain a sugar burner until you get rid of that insulin, you quiet it, you dampen it, and you set your body up through other tricks and tools, through proper eating and proper workouts to actually burn fat because it has no choice. If you take in enough protein, for example, your body will preserve muscle. Okay, It's not going to go to muscle first and burn it. It's going to say, okay, what are we going to burn today? All right, so this guy's not eating all that food he's supposed to be eating. I'm waiting for that pizza. I'm waiting for those. Dough. I'm waiting for that sugar. I'm waiting. It's not coming. Okay, well, maybe he's serious. Maybe he's really serious. So let's burn all that muscle first, because <laughs> that's easy for us to burn. Uh-oh, whoops. He's taking in a lot of protein. He's got a gram of protein per pound of body weight. That's a lot. Maybe he's doing even more than that. This guy's crazy. I mean, we can't burn that muscle. I mean, well, okay, 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 we'll burn that fat. <laughs> so it becomes a last resort for the body, but you have to actually funnel the body. You have to channel the body into doing that. And that's why insulin is so critically important. When your insulin is quiet, you have no sugar for your body to burn. So it's got to burn either muscle or fat. You take it in enough protein, it's got to default to fat. Simplified example, very simplified, but that's basically the way it works. Well, I, I love that you broke it down because I think many pageant contestants, we make the mistake of doing what we think is right based on what we hear or trends instead of really understanding why we're making these decisions or why we should make these decisions for our body. Um, so I think that was a perfect tangent that we needed to get on to really understand the conversation that we're having. Um, so love that. I think body understanding body chemistry is so important to success. Um, so with that said, what's number four? 
<laughs> Number four is another popular. By the way, all these are such popular items. It makes me the most popular guy in the world, uh, especially with my clients. You know, number four is commercial juices slash even smoothies, like these things that you buy these pre-mixed smoothies in the in the grocery store. These are candy in a bottle, mm. basically. So commercial apple juice, grape juice, anything, orange juice. I mean, if you look at the amount of sugar in these things, my goodness. I mean, you will never burn fat ingesting any of this stuff. And don't give me that, that nonsense about how you work out really hard in the gym and you're burning it all off. That's garbage. Most people do not work out nearly as intensely as they should, or they think they're working out far more intensely than they actually are. <laughs> and believe me when I tell you, it's a, a loser's game. Mm. You drink this stuff, it's pure candy in a bottle. Eliminate all commercial juices sorry about it the only juices that are acceptable are the ones that you would juice yourself at home and you can add some some fruit to your veggie juice some i'm going to keep hmm. repeating that some in limited quantities and limited types such as hard, hard apples like granny smith stuff like that that don't have a lot of meal mealiness to them have a lot of you know, water you can do that and then add that to your spinach kale Carrot juice, etc., beet juice, and all that stuff. That sounds mainly horrible to a lot of people who've never done this before. It's absolutely awesome for your body. Some of the best stuff you can do. Mm -hmm. So your fresh pressed juices are not what I'm talking about here. I'm talking about those horrible commercial juices where they have to add and often place do add extra sugars, especially high fructose corn syrup. Uh, mm. Yeah, they add that stuff to make it taste good. So you buy it and drink it and all that stuff. You got to really be careful what you're doing. Um, even the regular commercial juice that doesn't have all that stuff in it is something you should never do the fruit juice and the tomato juices and stuff like that do very sparingly. Make your own. That's really, and these juicers are not expensive a day. You can get a juicer, the quality of which I would have died for and begged for 20 years ago today for 60 bucks at Walmart with a better motor, better evacuation tubes for the pulp and all that. It's awesome stuff. You've got better technology today in juicing than ever before. There's absolutely no excuse not to do fresh juicing at home, veggie juicing. I can remember a few years ago, Craig, when chain restaurants had to start putting the calorie content on their um, menus and everyone's mind just being blown at what we're, what we're typically conceived as like these healthy drinks that were on the menus. When we actually saw the calorie counts, it was just outrageous and it really, to your point, showcased how all of these things that we thought were really great for us and had a lot of in impressive ingredients really weren't giving us the output that we were looking for. Well, that's a great point. Um, in my gym here, in my nutritional practice, which is all applied uh, nutrition, we apply, everything's applied here because we do it seven days a week on the floor of the gym. Mm -hmm. um, we really don't follow macros or calories per se so much. We're really more interested in portion control and the composition mm. of the foods and juices that we're, we're eating. So I'm not necessarily scared of something that's high calorie if it doesn't contain the sugars and the deadly stuff that actually helps me hold fat. If it, for instance, if I'm on a juice fast, um, the calories actually become kind of beneficial for me because you know I don't want to run out of energy during the day, but I don't want the majority of my calories or any real percentage of them to be made up of uh, the sugars that I don't need that are going to crack, you know, pick me up artificially, spike my insulin, crash me out. An hour later, I feel like I'm in a complete, we, we call it a sugar coma, right? Everybody's mm -hmm. gone through that, right? Eat that bagel and yogurt, you know, at 11 a.m. before your lunch, and then an hour later, you're 
absolutely on the floor asleep. I mean, you know, you're crashing on your desk. I mean, mm-hmm. you, know, you absolutely can't move. And we've all been through that. And that's just, totally. and that's bad nutrition. That's, that's a, a byproduct of bad composition. So eating is, the wrong things. So it's not a matter of calories. I could eat a 10,000 calorie meal if it was all protein, although you can't really eat that much protein. You can try. <laughs> good luck. Um, but I'm just saying you can eat a lot of protein. I can eat tons of calories of protein at 11 a.m. And I won't have a crash of any kind at all, as long as I don't want and sauces or anything to it. We're cool. So and that comes to my next point. Yeah, and I have one quick question about that before we move forward. Um, sure. Because we're talking a lot about sugar, and I know that like that is a huge topic right now in the fitness world is is the myth of sugar or cutting it out completely, et cetera. And we'll get there, I'm sure, later in the conversation. But is there a magic number to look for in sugar grams or content when you are looking at items that we should be keeping under, or does that magic number not exist? It really doesn't exist. Um it's more of the composition of what kinds of sugars are there. If it, is it sugar alcohols? Is it added additional sugars? And what's the composition? High fructose corn syrup? Is it pure cane sugar? You know, what, stevia, for example, is a sweetener, but it's not a sugar. We'll get to yes. that in a minute. Um, and stevia is actually fairly decent for your body. Your body can actually recognize it as a compound of nature and can actually process it, uh, whereas some other things, it, it just can't. Um, plus, it's also a matter of, of degree. We eat so much to this and we've been eating so much of this in our diets since basically we, we were weaned from the bottle or, or the mother's mm-hmm. breast that we're just in, in inured. I mean we're just we're just inundated. We're up to our eyeballs swimming in sugar and wheat and all kinds of different things that we must begin to curtail or eliminate if we're going to be healthy and if we're going to get the kind of body composition we're looking for. Uh, so there's really no trick to it in that way. Uh, as far as sugars go what I tell people here at Body by Craig is we're, we're the only thing we really count would be grams of carbs. I mean, that's the only thing I'm really interested in. And I want to know where, again, I want to know what the composition of those carbs are. I'm not counting carbs of asparagus. Okay. I really don't care. It's fast burning. There's no added sugar to it. You don't want to process it in a plant. It grows naturally. You can go out in the field. You can grab some asparagus. You can eat it. You know, it may not taste really great, but you can eat it. Uh, it's not gonna, you can't go into a field and eat wheat. Good luck. Try that. It's got to be processed. It's got to be milled. It's got to have refined sugars and additives and all kinds of things thrown in it to, to, in order to make it edible and digestible you know, to the human stomach. So, I mean, again, we're looking at carbs. Grams of processed carbs and the composition of those carbs and the amount of sugar, the grams of sugar. Sugar in those grams of carbs. So my general rule at Body by Craig is I try to tell my clients that I don't put anything in my body when I'm doing competition dieting that has anything more than seven grams of carbs in it. And I'm looking at net carbs. So I'm looking at carbs minus fiber, dietary fiber, which would bring me to net carbs. So for instance, Quest bars, which are a popular item today, might have on the surface 14, 15 grams of carbs. If you back out the dietary fiber, you're looking at six, seven grams of total carbs or net carbs in that way. And then I want to look at the sugar composition there. And the sugars in Quest bars are come from incidental sugar alcohols that they add to the process. So it's not nearly, you know, the kind of spike or, or harm in your body that, that, you know, pure grain sugar or agave or something else would be. Mm. So I'm looking at grams of carbs and then the grams of sugar that are in those carbs, and I just avoid anything that has a high percentage of grams of sugar 
compared to grams of carbs. So if I pick something up and it's got seven grams of carbs and it's seven grams of sugar, added sugar, the answer is I'm not eating it. I don't have to. I can, I've got other alternatives. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? That makes perfect sense. And okay. this is totally a conversation for another day, but it, I'm sure much of that comes down to preparedness and not needing to make those decisions on the fly because I'm sure that's where some discrepancies happen. Um, well, and again, we got a lot of clients who travel, obviously. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, we got Miss USA, Miss everybody, and they're traveling all over the place. And it can be hard. It can be challenging on the road. But if your Victoria's Secret model is part of your contract, right? I mean, you're not going out to Wendy's yes. and ordering the big burger, you know, whatever. Exactly. The, 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 the triple with the, the cheese and the mushrooms and the... And the you know, you know, everything else, the onions and the ketchup and, you know, all that. I mean, it's, it's part, I mean, you can't do that. I mean, you're, you're never going to be a Victoria, you won't be a Victoria's Secret model for much longer. I mean, you, you can get rid of, you can get away with that once or twice maybe, but you know what I'm saying. It can't be any kind of a staple of your diet. So even when we're on the road, we have to prepare and we do do some pre-mixed shakes and do some things. Uh, and there are food preparation services today. Some of these do a fairly decent job at preparing your food the way you want it. So you want asparagus today and green beans and you want some, some chicken breast and they will, they'll deliver it to your door or they'll make, do all the prep for you, again, for a price like everything else. Uh, some of my clients use those services as well. We're on the road and they just stockpile it, put it in their, um, their six-pack, their little, little uh, you, know, uh, you know, thing with the frozen you know, uh, packets in it that you know, can go out and, and carry all the food and the supplements and all that in there for, for competition. So they carry their six-packs with them. And they throw all the food in there in the little Tupperware tins and have it all prepared. Uh, even in pageantry, some of the sponsors, you know, who serve food at these pageants are not exactly, you know, the kind of food that you would want your competitors to be eating. And a lot of the girls don't like that. And that's something that we need to address as well. I hope directors will raise their consciousness about this mm. and go after, you know, uh, higher value, you know, healthier sponsors. But, you know, it is what it is. It's a business. But that's, that's really what it is. Preparedness is key, just like your mental preparedness is key. Mm -hmm. Prepping your meals. So most of my girls will prep on Sunday nights. They'll just prep it all, all the chicken breasts, everything they need. And they'll put it all together in Tupperware. And you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And they just pull it out and eat it. A lot of that is salad and other things, too. So it's not that hard to prepare. You're not talking about three hours. You're talking about about a half an hour to an hour of total prep time. Just throw it in your Tupperware. You're good to go for the week. Well, uh, I'm not going to lie, that burger with the mushrooms and the onions sounded delicious to me. Um, it does to everybody listening. <laughs> oh my gosh, now I'm starving. But anyway, um, mentally starving, I should say. Okay, what's number five? Five are the things that I was, the, the, the segue I was leading into earlier, which is condiments. Ketchup, ranch dressing, barbecue sauce, salad dressings, all that nasty stuff. Most salad dressings are terrible for you. Mm -hmm. Just laced with sugar and carbs and all kinds of unnecessary ingredients. I mean, there are, Annie's has a couple of decent choices with low sugar, low carbs. I mean, you can get some decent, I think, um, I could keep, I, what's the name of the farm? Uh, Woodstock Farms or something. They've got one of these um, but you well, you got boathouse, you get you know, both. I mean, you got some different. Yeah, I'm not an expert on all this. I kind of make my own salad dressing. I use apple cider vinegar, uh, Bragg's apple cider vinegar, Bragg's liquid aminos, and some olive oil. And I throw that together and make my own salad dressing. We even put it in spray bottles for our competitors. Mm. And when they go to commercial, you know, lunches, they'll just throw that on there instead of their, their commercial dressings. But yeah, these condiments, all of that stuff is just laced 
with unwanted sugar, which means also unwanted calories. So you, you got to eliminate all those condiments if you really want to start burning fat. So you already gave some hints as far as making your own salad dressing, etc. Are there any ways to season food without anything that's super high sugar or high, well, we talked about calorie, but super high sugar or other preservatives and additives? Yeah. Himalayan salt, pink salt is the best, mm. along with black pepper. And then, of course, Mrs. Dash is always a great alternative. Um, I think Bragg's also makes her own seasoning, too. But Mrs. Dash doesn't contain a lot of sodium and all that. And again, Himalayan salt has a different impact on the body <clears throat> than regular iodized salt, which can have an impact on your thyroid. It's clean. It's pretty good. Um, but again, when we're coming close to competition time, we are watching sodium intake. But sodium is a necessary electrolyte. Mm -hmm. So you don't start cutting sodium 12 weeks out before a competition. That's not a smart move. Okay, you need that sodium and potassium. And that's another subject altogether. I think potassium is the most overlooked and the most necessary electrolyte out there. Uh, and again, how to get it is that Body by Craig thing. That's my trick. That's how I would like people pay me uh, to, to get them for competition. But um, you definitely need a lot more potassium than you're getting. I'll guarantee you that right now. But sodium is something that we will start to cut down, um, you know, a couple of weeks before competition. But, you know, again, those are you know, trade secrets that we do in the last two to three weeks. Um, yeah. And everybody has a slightly different way of doing it. I think we've perfected it for pageantry. Uh, to get you absolutely ripped on that pageant stage, to have just the right amount of softness and just the right amount of underlying muscle. Um, and, but you know, and water and water is extremely important in all this. And I haven't mentioned that at all <clears throat> because this is supposed to be about ten foods to make you fatter. Water doesn't do that, but water is absolutely essential. Please, a gallon a day. And if you can't stand it, uh, add branched chain amino acids to it to flavor it up and make it taste like candy. Just make sure your branch chain amino acids don't have any really bad artificial sweeteners in them, which we'll get to next. Yes, great segue, <laughs> Craig. You're a podcast pro already. Um, so six. Oh, I've never done this before. <laughs> I'm a complete amateur. <laughs> well, that was a perfect segue. Oh, so, like you said, so we have six and seven are kind of a hybrid um, item. Yeah. So that was, like I said, the great, the per most perfect lead-in. So, what is six and seven? Sweeteners, artificial sweeteners, especially. Aspartame, sucralose, fructose, high fructose corn syrup, the evil of the world. And all the drinks and energy drinks and the supposedly healthy things, which is seven on our list, that contain these hidden ingredients like Powerade, Gatorade, diet soda. Even natural agave can spike your insulin into unacceptable levels and does contain a lot more sugar than sugar does, cane sugar does. However, agave is more natural um, and it can be used in certain circumstances. That's another. The only sweetener that's really allowed is stevia. Mm -hmm. um, if you've really got a sweet tooth, you do that. Um, one of my girls' uh, top competitor uh, uses um, curbs her sweet cravings with um, sugar-free popsicles. And you know they're sweetened with some kind of stevia. She finds a stevia product, which is a great sweetener that your body, as I said, can actually to recognize mm -hmm. and she drinks that and she eats that drinks it she melts it down drinks it a little bit so suck it down you know do all that and that kills her sugar craving i would prefer that people do that rather than turn to coke zero or something like that because again coke zero and diet coke and all those things are basically all the same they contain those really nasty 
the artificial sweeteners, which actually prevent you, they stop you from burning fat. Mm -hmm. That's a great suggestion too, because the popsicles are in many ways a dessert as well. So if you just are in the habit of always grabbing something sweet after dinner, before bed, right. etc., that sounds like a perfect alternative. It really is. And there are other things you can do as well, but that's one of them. And then there are certain supplements you can take, like we alluded to earlier, that will help curb your sweet cravings if that's your issue. Usually a craving for sweets, and again, almost nobody in the training business understands this, is a, a result of a lack of potassium, a low potassium level. Mm. So you want to get your potassium up and keep it up and find ways to do that without eating fruit and without um, you know, taking a, you know, a lot of uh, pills or, or artificial supplements. Um, and, and if you get your potassium up the right way, it will pretty much kill the sugar cravings, if that's your issue. And again, some people are salt cravings. I mean, everybody's different. You know, and again, salt, again, is a different issue. You know, snacks, any kind of snacks, we've talked about that. It's not good for you, <laughs> you know, unless it's just raw nuts or, mm -hmm. you know, lightly roasted, something like that. Sure. If you can handle tree nuts, you know. Okay. Not all my clients can handle tree nuts, you know. Some of them are deathly allergic to tree nuts. So we have to be cautious about... Because one of my greatest passions in life are macadamias from Hawaii. Oh, got Sorry about it. You got the right kind of fat, and I love this <laughs> thing. I've been binge on that stuff. I have to admit, I'm a bad boy. Well, so. we all have our. But does that make sense about the? Does that make sense about the sweeteners? It it totally does, and I think more and more recently, it's come to light that these diets, diet beverages, or these energy drinks are loaded with all the wrong stuff. So it's part of a larger conversation. I think we're hearing a lot about. Yeah, we had a we did a Pageant Planet live uh, Instagram live. Live last Wednesday, um, we do them every other Wednesday or so. We're going to do a major uh, one coming up in a couple of weeks. Uh, There's going to be a virtual workout, be first of its kind, where people can work out with us. Um, but what I'm saying is, one of the questions we got was, what kind of alcohol can you drink and, and lose fat? I mean, there are a lot of questions about stuff like this. So what we're coming to is exactly what you're saying. It's the mixers that kill you. It's the Red Bull, the fruit juices, you know, the, the, the sodas. The diet sodas, all of that, that contain both natural and artificial sweeteners. That's where the calories are, quote unquote, but that's where the sugar is. And that's where it, or where the fat burning uh, blockage is. Mm -hmm. And that's the stuff that gets you every time. So another popular conversation coming up is allergens. Um, and I hate to steal your thunder by announcing that, um, but it, I had to because it was a perfect... Um, tie into the, what you had just mentioned. There's So allergens are another common conversation right now, just like the diet sodas, the aspartame, et cetera. So talk to us about why um, allergens can be so detrimental to your fat loss, weight loss, muscle building, et cetera. Well, your body can't release what it can't process. <clears throat> That's about as simple as it gets. And again, pardon my voice, I'm getting over a terrible contagion here in southwestern Virginia. It's some version of the plague, I think. Oh, my God. I'm not sure what it is. I'm not sure what it is, but we're, we're, we're surviving our best here. Um, yeah, common allergens, we end up eating wheat, again, from the first the time that we're weaned off the bottle or the, or the mother's breast. I mean, we're eating wheat, we're eating oats, rye, and barley. All of that contains gluten. Um, we develop major gluten intolerances 
not out not necessarily outright allergies, although some do with celiac, Crohn's, mm-hmm. other kinds of diseases that are very, very sensitive to that. But everybody, just about everyone listening, I guarantee you, I'll, I'll even say 100% of everyone listening to this broadcast right now has some sort of intolerance mm. to gluten and should they would their health would improve remarkably, markedly. And so would their fat burning if they just cut gluten out of their lives for three months. Just three months. Just get rid of it. Get rid of it all. And read every label and everything you eat, because you shouldn't be eating processed stuff anyway if you're really going to lose fat. But if you're eating processed stuff, just check it. Make sure, because wheat and gluten is in absolutely everything. It's the major filler in this society, because we grow a lot of wheat, and we got to sell it. So we shove it in all the food. Problem is, we can't metabolize it. We don't burn fat anymore. And we can't process, again, we cannot release and burn what we can't process. So we get rid of gluten. It's pretty much, that's pretty much pro forma here at Body by Craig for competition nutrition. And that, of course, includes pasta, wheat bread, oatmeal. Uh, you can do gluten-free oatmeal if you absolutely had to. But again, you're talking about a processed food, something that goes through a milling process and other things. And gluten, excuse me, and, and grains, including rice, all of that, um, as, as healthy and hypoallergenic as rice may be, all of these things add to inflammation in the body and some of that depends on your blood type as well so yes we do follow blood type guidelines as well here at body by craig but anything with gluten in it is pretty much a no-no same with dairy some forms of dairy are acceptable organic butter is a great fat um, organic cottage cheese if you like that is awesome it's a casein protein which means it's a longer burning protein chain it's not in and out of your system quickly. It will burn for hours, providing you with long-term protein fuel out of, out of uh, cottage cheese, which is, again, casein protein, but it's dairy. So some dairy is beneficial. Most of it, cow's milk, is just, it's, it's laced with estrogens, even the organic stuff, if you buy pure stuff, unless you're getting it directly off the farm from the cow, right there on the spot. I wouldn't drink milk at all. In fact, I don't. Mm. Uh, soy is another major allergen many women are completely intolerant to soy and they don't get that and they don't see it it affects our hormonal levels it affects a lot of things but it definitely kills fat burning if you have any kind of intolerance to it and it is a very common allergen so those would be some key things citrus is also a common allergen so we're talking about oranges grapefruits again grapefruit with the insulin spiking we're talking about any kind of citrus just like that, clementines, tangerines. Again, they're fun to eat and all that, and you think you're being healthy. Um, you know, it, it contains allergens, and it, some people, when they eat citrus, feel a little red in the face, feel a little runny nose. Same with dairy. Um, you know you're, you're intolerant to dairy. I didn't say allergic. I said intolerant to dairy. If you drink some cow's milk or something or eat a little ice cream, and, you know, a few minutes later, you're feeling that, that mucus well up in your, your throat, in your nose, you're feeling stuffy. <clears throat> if you clear your throat like this, you know, that is an allergen. That is an intolerance to it. That's a, just your body giving you a message. Uh, maybe you shouldn't drink this stuff anymore. So, yeah, those are common allergens, and they all interfere with our ability to burn fat. Because, again, we cannot burn what we cannot process. Well, and it's just so interesting because I think so many of us are, like you said, walking around without any knowledge that our body has these intolerances. So I think it's something to be said for really 
understanding your body and being diligent about that. We don't ask the right questions to our doctors. We're not um, being good stewards. And I think that sheds some light on that. Well, there are very few doctors, unfortunately, and they are a dwindling breed who will actually spend enough time with you mm. to explain any of this or actually know this themselves. My father was a surgeon. I come from a medical family, and believe me, so I'm not denigrating the profession at all. Uh, I have great respect for my dad and, and my late dad and everyone else who does what he did. And the and my aunt, who was a nurse, etc. And I've got many clients who are nurses in the medical profession, but they completely agree with me. It's just not set up. My dad had maybe a half a semester of nutrition in med school, and I don't think that's changed in all these decades. It's just not a priority. It's not where they get paid. It's not what they do for a living. They're not able to explain it. If you can find a good nurse practitioner or a good physician, or, you know, a good general practitioner, uh, an internal medicine specialist, even an endocrinologist who understands these things, you've struck gold and you'll have some really good information. But it's rarer and rarer these days. So we have to really fend for ourselves. Sure. And turn to people like me who are educated in these things in an applied sense. Again, my education is book learning, no question about it, Ivy Leagues, all that good stuff. But that's not the point. That's irrelevant to anything. My, my education, my, my results are my resume. That's my, my only resume. And my education is applied. It's all applied knowledge. Mm -hmm. It comes from training diverse people, different races, creeds, colors, sex, I mean, everything. Transgender, doesn't matter. I train them all. train them seven days a week, 365 days a year, four of my gym, five years, and then for decades before that, I had a lot of experience. When you do that and you have that kind of experience, you understand what works and what doesn't in the real world. Sure. And that's what we're talking about here. And that's what makes a, a podcast like this, I think, particularly valuable for people like some of my competitors are in the car driving five hours to their next appearance. They can plug in this podcast, listen, and give themselves some good ideas, some good guidance as to what they should be doing. Or at least start a conversation to be able to know what questions to ask, whether they're right. looking to work with you or someone else. Um, it just opens up their eyes, I think, to a lot of new opportunities. Um, so... Here we are, number 10, Craig. Fruit. I'm sorry. <clears throat> I'm not anti-fruit. I'm not one of those guys. I'm not one of those trainers. I love fruit. When you're on maintenance and you've met, met your goals, uh, we'll pile on some fruit. We love it, especially watermelon. I mean, there's some really great things you can do with fruit, especially if you want to juice it. But when you're in fat-burning mode and you've got fat to burn, the sugar in fruit is actually detrimental. It's fine. Like your insulin, bananas, grapes, grapes are horrible offenders, et cetera. I mean, there are some acceptable fruits when you get on maintenance. So let's say that we're beginning a fat-burning regime. We've got 30 pounds of fat to lose. Um, we get 10 pounds in. We're doing well. We're working hard. At that point, we could start to introduce, if we wanted to, what I would call dark berries. You know, cherries, uh, raspberries, uh, blueberries, blackberries. You could do that, but... You cannot introduce things like bananas, grapes, uh, mangoes, you know, anything like that that have high sugar content. You say, well, don't raspberries all that? Not really. They're, they're, they're processed differently. They're grown on bushes. It's a whole different process. Um, they're different kinds of, uh, has a different insulin spike and, and insulin reaction in your body. And it can be wonderful stuff to add and, again, pick your energy up a little bit and, and even add your health. Of course, when we get to maintenance, you know, those fruits are completely acceptable. Not, I have no issue with fruit at all. I'm not one of those anti-fruit prep coaches. But I am when we're trying to reach our initial fat-burning goals. We've got to get this process started. And we've got to get it started as fast as possible for our own health and for our own timelines. 
And to do that, you've got to eliminate all sugar, and that includes fruit, unfortunately. A lot of people think reaching for that banana, reaching for that apple, et cetera, can be healthy. Again, at competition time, when you've already met your goals, yeah, throw some apples in your six-pack. You know, throw some apples in some uh, almond butter and dip it in and eat it. There's your energy snack right there. It's a mm -hmm. great competition snack that we use. Great stuff, but not when you've got that first 15, 20 pounds of fat to lose. It's not going to happen if you're eating fruit. So unfortunately, you got to put a moratorium on that. The overall philosophy we use, Jess, is, is we're, we're really going simple. Mm -hmm. um, we don't go necessarily extreme. It all depends on the individual. We go very simple. We, we, we don't do 45 different things on the menu. You know, we try to keep it as limited and as simple as possible. We try to cut down the number of meals per day unless you are legitimately hypoglycemic. We get our water intake up so that we're staying hydrated to overcome a certain amount of hypoglycemia. I mean, it counteracts that. And because when you get dizzy in the gym, you're either hypoglycemic, dehydrated, or both. So we try to definitely stay hydrated. But what we're doing is we're, we're doing that as our own baseline, our own test, so that when we start producing results, we know why we're producing results. But if we're not producing results, five pounds in or something, and we're doing only six or seven things that we're eating, then it's easy for us at that point to eliminate things, substitute things, add other stuff. If we're doing 45 things on the menu, we have no freaking idea what's working, what's not mm -hmm. working, what's blocking something. We don't know if half of what we're doing is working and the other half is canceling out the stuff that's working. It just complicates it. It makes it a major matrix and a mess, a hot mess matrix, you know, that's very confusing. So we try to eliminate that confusion by going simple at first. And then as we reach our goals, we begin to expand out our menu. So the great thing about this is once you burn body fat, it's gone forever. That prevents rebound weight gain. The people who get rebound weight gain are the ones who never burned the fat. They just burned the muscle. They burned the sugar. They just lost weight. Any, anybody can lose weight. It is not a big trick. Anybody can lose 30, 40, 50 pounds. It is not a big deal. It hurts. It's not a big deal. Can you lose 30, 40, 50 pounds of fat? See, that's the trick. That's your goal. That's all you should care about. Because you burn that fat, you will never, ever put it back on unless you deliberately do that. And that's why women who train with body by Craig in the pageant world do not get rebound weight gain. It does not happen. Our results are permanent and sustainable unless they choose deliberately to put that fat back on. And that's actually harder to do than it sounds. We take about a good year of really bad eating. I mean, exclusively bad eating to go back to where they were before. And that's a deliberate conscious decision they would have to make. And that's the difference that a trainer can make, a prep coach can make, and all the rest of it. It's an approach. It's a knowledge. It's an experience. And it's being able to do all that at a world-class level. And that's really what it comes down to. I mean, if your goal is simply to get in shape for some contest or pageant, then go ahead and eat popcorn, drink lemonade, uh, for six weeks, you can lose weight that way and just go to the gym and do a few machines and stay on the cardio machine for three hours a day. You'll lose weight, but you will not lose fat. Mm. Guaranteed, 100%. You're going to be skinny fat on that stage. And when you stand shoulder to shoulder next to women who are actually trained for the stage by Body by Craig or others, you're going to realize it's at that point, way too late, you made a major mistake. Mm -hmm.
I love that. That was such a perfect place to end today's call, Craig. It was, it's so true that if you are in the mindset that you want to win this pageant, why wouldn't you do everything in your power to control what you can control? Because the outcome is out of our control. But if you can eke out as many points as possible in every phase of competition through focus, dedication, and hard work, you will put yourself in the best possible opportunity to take the crown when the opportunity presents itself. So I love that that's You're how you finished. You're absolutely right, Jesse. And let me just reinforce that with a little motivation at the end. Yeah, of course. Those are the sustainable gains that actually mean something to you in your life, mm -hmm. far beyond the pageant stage. And I thought that's what pageantry was supposed to be all about, was supposed to be about benefiting you, was supposed to be about upgrading you, upping your game, taking you to the next level personally in your interview skills so that you can win those jobs in college or beyond to get that med school scholarship or fellowship you're looking for. I mean, pageant girls are trained interview pros if they're good, and they win everything when it comes out to the job market. And I learned this firsthand. Same thing is true with your body. Not only these are the things that you can control to win a contest, but these are the things that the takeaways, the things that actually mean something to you. These are the victories. This is what you invest your money in. And yet everybody wants to go shopping and buy the gowns and the dresses and the makeup and all that. And there's nothing wrong with that. But if you do it at the expense of the things that don't fade, that don't go out of style, that are permanent for you, and that will elevate you to that next plane, that next level, then to me, you're taking full advantage of the pageant opportunity or opportunities that are before you. And that is super psyched for me. I mean, I love that. It's what I enjoy doing most of all is watching that transformation because my girls compete to win, but they're also competing in life. And they go on to do incredible things. Want to ask your questions to the title holders and professionals we interview? Become a VIP girl today and get unlimited coaching from the pageant planet. Plus, ask as many questions as you'd like for only $47.